Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your host. I'm Crystal. And I'm Bethany. And can anyone here believe that we are already a full week into the lovely year that is 2022? Um, I feel like this is the year that we have to set goals, crush them, or at least do the very best that we can. Um, because the last two years have one flown by and two have not been great years. (laughs) Um, not at all. So anyone out there who has goals, cause I'm in one of those people who I don't believe in resolutions. I kind of believe in goals and manifesting things. Um, so if it takes you a little bit longer to accomplish your goals this year or something you manifest just doesn't come to be, it's okay. You have another year, um, and I hope you have many more after that. Um, I know that this year, uh, between Bethany and I, one of our big goals is to travel together. There's just a lot of little places that we want to go that would be fun. Yes. Uh, we keep talking about going to Colorado um, because we really want to go visit the Stanley Hotel, like, really bad. Yeah, and she doesn't know that I've been looking up prices and stuff. Really? So somewhat been planning. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, when we get done with this, we need to talk about the Stanley <laughs> Hotel, because I really want to go. Um, we really would like to start filming some more YouTube videos for you guys. I'm not the big YouTuber, but, like, I get it. I know how it works, but Bethany knows more is the ins and out. Um I personally have been looking up prices for one of the fancy mirrorless cameras that would make oh, our yeah. make one our Twitch streams look amazing and to give us the ability to do that. I mainly on YouTube what I like is like what I'm talking about. If we go to the Stanley Hotel, I want to be able to like record it. Those are the YouTube's videos I like. If it's somewhere I've never been mm-hmm. that I just want to like see I guess the I don't know like the traveling vlogs I guess yeah that would or be the, fun the the paranormal vlogs it would be kind of fun to be like okay so we're gonna go stay mm-hmm. at yeah Stanley, at the Stanley and then when we're there we set up the camera and tell like a creepy story or like the story. history of the Stanley Hotel while we're there that would be cool yeah we and can- you can actually stay on the floors that are haunted that's what <sighs> I like that. that's what I want to do I would pay yeah. extra to do that yeah it's like the second <laughs> and fourth floor yep I would pay extra to stay there. 100%. Um, but don't forget that we do have a Twitch stream coming up. The date is to be determined. I know we said that it was probably going to be on my birthday, but me and my husband are going to go out of town for my birthday. So I don't quite know if we're doing anything that Sunday night. Um, so it is TBD. I will let everyone know. We'll announce it on our social media so everyone is kind of aware of that but definitely come hang out even if it is on my birthday i would love to spend my birthday with you guys the big 3-0 with mm-hmm. my loved ones which are you guys mm-hmm. um but for today's episode bethany is going to tell us um a little bit of uh, more mystery case. These are some of my favorites. And I feel like we usually get pretty good hits on when we do the mystery episodes. People yeah. like those. Um, so um, today, Bethany's going to tell us a little mystery that happened back in 1959. We are doing a lot of old cases. If you guys remember last week, my case was uh, back 
you know, in the forties. So this one definitely has a lot of unanswered questions. So I am going to pass it over so we can just jump on in, um, to hear about this mystery. So go ahead, Beth. All right. So I already know that we're going to mispronounce some words. And before we started recording, me and Crystal did like a little practice run on how to say stuff. But <laughs> on this week's episode, we're going to discuss the Dyatlov Pass incident. Um, this is considered um, somewhat still today, and we'll get into that at the end, a supernatural phenomenon. You know, bump, bump, bump. Supernatural. And- yeah, you can spend hours reading and watching theories surrounding this incident. Um, but before we dive in, let's give a little background on it. Uh, Igor Dyatlov, yes, that is literally where the name come from. <laughs> uh, I, probably some people were like, maybe that's the name of the mountain or something. But no, it's actually the um, young man. He was in his 20s, but younger man that kind of planned all this but at the time he was a student at Ural Polytechnics University um, and he was just 23 years old so kind of young oh yeah and he was a grade two hiker I didn't really know this was like I knew there was like advanced hikers but I didn't know there was like this whatever but he was a grade two hiker and he was trying to get a group together to go on a somewhat dangerous expedition to get their certification to be grade three so it was a bunch of other people that were grade two and after a little asking around um most of them being his friends and almost all of them being fellow classmates at the university he ended up getting nine other people to go on the expedition with him so a total of 10 and there was 10 of them but i'm just gonna go ahead and kind of spoil it a little bit because it like as soon as they start the trip it happens their 10th person actually got sick um he started feeling very ill and actually left before they got too far in the expedition and went home okay so so he tapped out early yeah but i guess you could say lucky guy yeah because he ends up being the only one that survives but We'll get into the details towards the end, but let's just dive on in. Um, scientists believe the expeditioners, um, because they left on February 1st, 1959. There's not like a specific date on when they all died, but they believe they were all um, killed on February 2nd. So the very next day, like early hours into the next day. And they actually weren't found by a rescue team until just shy of a month later on the 26th. And in the beginning, they only found two bodies. um, And the team was kind of confused and they were roughly a mile away from the campsite. And it was just really confusing and started raising a bunch of questions on how they were specifically found. And being honest, they expected this to be a body recovery and not really a rescue. So it was just, you know, this, the consequences and stuff. But the first two bodies were found laying by the tree line wearing nothing but their underwear. In the cold? Yeah, it was 30 degrees below, um, and there was absolutely no reason for them to have removed all their protective gear, but that's how they found the first two bodies. Was it kind of like Um, one of those things, like, you know how they tell you in movies that you're supposed to take off all your clothes and get really close to sheer body heat? Like, was it like one of those things? We'll talk about it. You're close, but not exactly. 
but you're on the right kind of thing. Okay. But getting close, actually, I said closer, but my notes are wrong. It's actually getting further away from the campsite. So that was a mile away. So this is probably like two miles away from the campsite. The rescue party found three more bodies. So oh, wow. five, five out of the nine. So there's still four missing. Um, it's already so weird. I mean, why weren't they together? I, I don't, I didn't understand that part. I remember when I first heard this story, it was a couple of years ago, actually, probably, probably 10 years ago, I heard about this. Um, I had so many questions swirling through my mind. Like I was like, why are they naked? Why are they apart? Why are they a mile from campsite? Why are they two miles from campsite? Where are the other four bodies? Um, but unfortunately the weather was still really bad and the remaining four missing bodies weren't found until two months later in late April. So basically they had to leave the four other bodies out there for two months, which is... That's sad though. It's sad. It's stressful. It's terrible for the rescue team because... You know, the family members of the missing people know their loved ones are out there. Do they think they're alive? Probably not because it would be pretty hard for four people to survive two months in 30 to below weather without any gear or food. Um, but it, it's just overall was pretty stressful. And, you know, the rescue team wanted to find them and they couldn't continue to go out there and fight the weather and the dangerous terrain. And you just literally have no control over it. So I feel for them. And when they did finally find the other four bodies, um, all of their deaths were declared hyperthermia, which mm -hmm. um, that's pretty obvious. Well, I feel like yeah. that's where all of our minds, you know, are going. But several of the bodies had fractured skulls. I found this to be the creepiest part. Um, one of the ladies, there was two ladies on the trip, um, her tongue was missing. So we had some with fractured skulls, some with some broken ribs, and then one woman that was missing her tongue. Okay. So, if this was an avalanche, which is the number one theory, that is what, even back when it happened in 1959, that was what scientists wanted it to be but that's not what people wanted it to be because that's too obvious i don't know i don't know what i mean it's like it couldn't be that i don't know people just did not want it to be an avalanche but how could her tongue be missing um i mean the only thing i can think of is maybe when the avalanche avalanche happened maybe she bit down so hard but then also i don't know if i could bite my own tongue i don't know that's it's pretty just, that's I, pretty hard yeah, I don't know. I spent a lot of time, like, for some reason, this lady with the missing tongue has always been the thing that's, like, really the weirdest part of it. But I mean, um, the only thing I can think of is like maybe she was shivering so hard that she did something to her tongue. Maybe. We'll I don't know. There. We'll get there, though. But um, remember the four bodies, the last four bodies they found? They were found the furthest away from the campsite, about three to four miles away. Um, wearing the clothes of the first bodies found. Remember when they were naked? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had their clothes on. Um, that's also a really weird question that will never get answered because they all died. So we literally have no answers to this except for what scientists have kind of theorized. Um, and this is all over the place. It literally makes no sense at all i mean we're just like what 20 minutes in not even that 15 minutes in and like i already have like probably 15 questions 
that I need answered. Um, why were they naked to begin with? That's a big one. Um, did they steal the clothes off of the original people? I mean, they had to have. Or, I don't know. Literally endless questions. Um, I literally have no idea how they determined this, but when they were finally able to investigate the campsite, um, because of, you know, it was winter season and they had to wait for the snow to die down and melt. And it was also like really steep and dangerous to kind of get to. Um, but they were able to investigate and they realized that the tent they were all sharing had been ripped from the inside out like something had attacked them or hit them like if the avalanche hit them and then they just ripped the tent open from the inside i'm guessing the way the material was ripped i mean i'm not very like you know csi-ish even though we watch the show religiously yeah a lot regardless they don't think they were attacked just you know from escaping the tent i I don't know from what. We have no idea. Um, But definitely something weird happened because they said it was, like, ripped. Like, they were just, like, like frantic, you know? Like, they were all just, like, clawing at it and then ripped it open. It is what it is. Um, Scientists believe they have an explanation for the whole no-clothes thing. I know this is what we're all waiting for. We're like, why are all these people out in the open with literally no clothing okay so um paradoxical oh my lord i'm gonna butcher this paradoxical (laughs) undressing oh my god undressing is not even a hard word say that three times fast i literally just missed paradoxical undressing undressing okay okay i did some handy dandy googling on this because it did sound made up to me at first um there's actually a lot of police reports if you have time like i do you can go read online um from the sweden police department of people describing experiencing it because they experience a lot of harsh uh weather over in sweden Mm -hmm. And it's extreme form of hypothermia um, where the person starts to feel this intense burning sensation. So mm-hmm. they remove all their clothing. Um, it's basically where your body is so cold and is basically starting to shut down that you feel like you're on fire. So, mm, you know, even though they were in 30 below weather with no shelter, because at this point they had broken out of the tent, um, you know, imagine, actually, I wrote this in my notes, but it's more than this. I'm being, I was being dramatic. I said, imagine that you're in the peak summer season in Louisiana, except you are naked outside in a blizzard. Okay. Yeah. It, gets pretty, it gets pretty hot here, but that was dramatic. Like these people literally felt like their skin was on. Fire. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So that's paradoxical undressing real world. So that's why they that's think they basically were just trying to get everything off. Yeah, and then when they kind of calmed down is why the last group of people had the clothing on. Okay. Because they were like, oh, my God, it's actually really cold out here. We're not on fire, um, which is really sad. I didn't mean to make that <laughs> funny. Um, but I don't know. I just still don't see how an avalanche explains missing tongue. But we Yeah, will, that's weird. We will also get into that. Um Fractured skulls, missing ribs, yes. Because if you're getting... 
not all the time um because once again i did a lot of research on avalanches and did you know that there's people in sweden that specifically study avalanches for a living no but that sounds like a really cool job i did not and there's a whole association about it and they all they do is uh research it research past avalanches research to try and figure out where certain areas will have an avalanche avalanche if something happens so yeah um and they said that sometimes it's not snow it's big sheets of glass or uh not glass oh lord ice (laughs) that looks like glass that come down on people so that's i never even thought about a like an avalanche being like that but i mean it makes a lot of sense I mean, it made sense because remember our snow last year? Like, Lily had a sheet of ice over the snow. Oh, yeah. So you couldn't, like, and it looked you like dig. when you walked over to it, it looked like it was going to be soft snow. But then when you yeah. stepped on it, it was just, like, it ice. hard. Like, we literally, when the boys made snowmen and snowballs, we had to, like, pick through the ice to yeah, get to the soft snow. that's underneath. exactly what we had to do, too. I had to, like, knock on the snow and, like, or knock on the ice. And then underneath it was all this soft snow. Well, this is basically what could have happened to them. A big giant, when the avalanche occurred, a big giant sheet of ice could have came down and that could have explained the fractured skulls and the broken ribs. Still a little iffy on the tongue, but we are going to get to that, I promise. Um, Or also, an avalanche can push you out of the way and if there's a rock or a boulder or a tree and you just get flung into it, absolutely will your body be hurt. Oh yeah. But yeah, I wasn't thinking about the sheet of glass, but makes sense now. Um, okay, so remember the man that went home early because he got sick? His name was Yuri, and he was actually the one to identify the bodies. He actually went out with the rescue team. He felt so bad, and he somewhat had survivor skill. I would say he didn't come out and say that, but... Um, going on a group with your friends and then you being the only one that survived because you went home because you had a tummy ache, that's tough. Um, So yeah, he went out and identified the bodies. And I bring this up because some of the stuff he described at the campsite brings up another theory because he said there were several materials there that he did not see before he left. Um, And there were a lot of items like um, the hottest this is definitely hard to explain was a pair of skis hmm. um he said none of them had brought skis um because th- it wasn't like a leisurely fun trip it was literally them hiking in dangerous you know terrain and weather so that's weird yeah, they the would ski- have it though yeah he said the skis were not there before and then, then when they were searching the campsite they were there so that would be hard for them to hide. I mean, you can't just, like, hide skis. But the big theory is possibly the military found the campsite before them. I'm not sure what made them automatically jump to military, but they did. Um, but there's literally nothing beyond that theory. It just, they think the military found them and then left. Okay. And and, le- and left their skis. So, I included that theory just for the sheer fact it's stupid. Um <laughs> Does the military do a lot of sketchy stuff all around the world? 100%. Yes. But do I think they had an involvement in this? Absolutely not. <laughs> and why would they just leave skis? I don't know. But I included I mean, it they, it was silly. I, I don't know. I was trying to come up with an explanation, but I can't think of anything. Yeah. It was because I'm leaving. I mean, I'm leaving out one part, but it's really not point, important. I cannot talk tonight. <laughs> 
they said that there was a piece of cloth, kind of like a handkerchief that wasn't there before, that looked like military material. I don't know what's military material, um, but one of the people could have just easily like had a cloth of them or had a family member that was in the military and maybe they gave them the cloth. I don't know. It's not like he searched through all their bags before he left. But Avalanche seems like the most logical explanation. Um, said no conspiracy theorist ever. Um, that is way too, you know, that's too to the point. I think that's why people don't want it to be Avalanche. Because if it's Avalanche, you can't, you know, say aliens or military. Yeah. You know? Um, the major thing was there wasn't enough snow, like originally when scientists studied this, you would see excess amount or there would be heavy snowfall the night prior. Like something has to cause the avalanche. Avalanches don't just happen, happen. Like it's either a lot of snow piles up at the top and it comes down or somebody messed with the snow at the bottom and it makes it come down. So, yeah. And there wasn't a big snowfall that night or the night prior or the night after. So in the beginning, they were like, mm, it, it really can't be avalanche. But okay. And me and Crystal talked about this before, but this is going to be kind of a shorter episode. Um, but I'm going to end on one more thing. And it's actually how this got solved. And yes, it's basically... I would say 85% solved, which is pretty good considering this happened in 1959 and nobody survived and there's nobody we can talk to. <laughs> um, but this is 1000% amazing and I'm so glad I found this video on YouTube. Y'all know I'm a YouTube gal. Um, so go to YouTube right now. I'll allow you to stop listening to the podcast for like five minutes. Go ahead and stop and search Ask a Mortician frozen solved the diatlov pass yes frozen the disney movie you're not <laughs> okay. hearing wrong you're not hearing wrong this is amazing one i just love her youtube videos she's kind of like us and she's just hilarious i love her um to the whole theory behind it is just something you would never have thought of 62 years later you wouldn't think 62 years later a you know, thing that happened in the 50s would be solved by a Disney movie of a princess singing out in the snow. Um, but anyways, okay, so a few scientists from Switzerland um, loved the movie Frozen. I mean, they... They loved it. You know, yeah. Big summer blowout, you know. <laughs> My favorite they line. They loved it, yeah. Um, they said, this is the people I'm talking about. These are the people that study avalanches. These are the scientists that watched Frozen and they fell in love with it. Okay. Um, and they said that Frozen, well, specifically the people that made the snow code, you know, mm -hmm. technical, said they captured snow perfectly. They said it was so realistic, which is really okay. cool. And it it is, is a really cool. good movie. Yeah. So shout out to the creators of Frozen. You, you literally got recognized by scientists all across the world. So that's really cool. I hope they all got bonuses. <laughs> um, so Disney and the scientists teamed up together to create somewhat of a snow simulation of what may have happened on that night back in 1959 that is so freaking cool. that is cool go science <laughs> so really go watch um ask a mortician's video on this and then she also links a few things of the scientists that solved this so it was just really it was like all in one like it was a really cool video um it's super cool and 
they ended up actually getting the code from Disney, and Disney helped make a specific code for them. And That's they really it. cool. Yeah. Go Disney. Yeah. So directly, this I'm going to go ahead and we're going to set a scene here. And they actually are pretty confident on what happened. So let's set a scene. They make their campsite for the night. So they're halfway through the expedition. And they're like, it's getting a little bit later in the day. Let's make a campsite. And I didn't know this because I've never gone camping in a mountain out in uh russia in the snow um, yeah me either never done just that my, just my personal choice definitely not on that. my bucket list either i wouldn't do that anywhere i just personally that terrifies me but i know it's like some people's like thing so i didn't know this but when you have to do that you have to level out your campsite for your tent okay you're on, you're on a mountain it makes sense i mean i guess so, i guess i never really would have thought about it until i got yeah. there like that's probably one of the I things just, that i would have tried to put my tent up and then it would have been really horrible sideways yeah and then i'd be like over. oh wait maybe i should like pack the snow in over here and make it the same this night this is why you will never get camping videos from me. Oh, yes. Now, we had um, friends ask if Tyler and I wanted to go camping, and I was like, you mean glamping? Like, Absolutely not. Like, I need Absolutely to stay not. in a yurt or something. Like, I need, like, something. I can probably handle the no running water and having to, like, use the bathroom in the woods. But, like, mm -hmm. I got to sleep on some kind of bed, maybe have a space heater, like, no, I'm more of a I'm more of a hunting gal because you go to your you know you go hunting you hunt for a few hours and then you go home. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. I don't like the idea of just purposely being out in the cold, waiting. Like that's why I hate. I don't hate. I shouldn't say I hate fishing. I'm not good at it because one, I'm not quiet and I'm not patient enough. <laughs> like it is not good for me. And case in point, the one time I did, I broke. Um, great grandpappy's oh fishing pole. Oh Lord. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I came from that family. Hunting, fishing was very much our thing, but I was never a camping gal. I was like, no, we go home at the end of the day. Not staying out here. But yeah, um, they had to dig a level area so a good bit a couple feet into the snow and it was a pretty big tent because it was it well it was nine of them because one went home but yeah setting the scene and uh directly above they did not know somewhat the scientists threw a little bit of shade at, at these kids i mean they were in their 20s um and they said they really should have checked their area more and they kind of put their tent in a really bad spot um but directly above where they made camp high winds that's where the science really comes in because they said even though there wasn't snowfall there was extremely high winds way up on the mountain not where they were they hadn't got there yet um and it pushed down this is where i was talking about the slab a 16 foot slab of ice weighing about 660 pounds crashing down on their tent so, this would account for all the severe injuries, the fractured skulls, the broken ribs. Um, basically, the science, scientists concluded the ones that survived, because they're pretty sure the first two bodies that were found died on the impact, um, kind of helped the others escape from the tent and that's when you know they broke in from the inside and pulled the ones out that had passed away and mm -hmm. then the other ones 
are the ones that started ripping their clothing off because at this point they had so much snow on them and ice and they were disoriented. That's when the paradoxical undressing happened. So, so that, is that kind of like, so I'm still stuck on the tongue thing. Okay, we're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. But set in the scene, this huge slab of ice came crushing down on their tent, hit them directly. It was 660 pounds. Jesus. So, they're disoriented. They're out. They're undressing now. And then they start wandering off a mile. And then that's when the first couple collapse and die. And then the other ones are still trying to get out. And then they probably go back and get the clothing on. And then they go back out. And they collapse again and pass away all of them from hyperthermia but remember we can't get over the tongue well the scientists explain this oh too. gosh um and it was so simple and i don't know why i thought about it i don't know why i thought the tongue had to happen like when they got hit with the slab um they're pretty sure that since she was the furthest she was the one she was the ones that were found like in the summertime so it had been months okay she was part of the last group they are pretty sure that it was just animals <laughs> that just that came and just ate her tongue stabbing. out yeah that's I'm gross still, oh, that feels weird I'm, it makes sense, it does but that's weird I'm still, I'm still caught on that like why they would like go up in her mouth and take the tongue but I maybe don't know. some I'm animal person knows something that we don't i don't know but yeah that is that is it. That is how this was a mystery for literally 62 years and some crazy gals and guys at Disney created Frozen and then some avalanche specialists in Sweden and Switzerland teamed up together and they were like, we could we could solve this mystery and they literally did using a code thanks to Disney. So that was a wild ride, I know. And it was all over the place, and we were really concerned about this lady's missing tongue. I still um, have, like, I don't know. I just feel like I have questions that weren't answered. Like, I mean, I get that, yes, her too. tongue could have been eaten, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, they could be having this paradoxical whatever, and they feel like their skin is on fire. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just, I don't know. It, that makes just, that makes sense. That part, I that guess, does make sense. That's why I said it's like 85-90% So like why are they splitting up so much? Like if they're all cold, shouldn't they be together? They, they really thought, well, they said basically that the first two bodies that they found were they just died like on impact. And they just happened to pull their bodies out of the tent. And then the other three bodies, yes, I'm not thinking of the count. I don't know, three bodies, yes. Um somewhat made it but you know succumbed to their injuries and then the final four are the ones that almost were kind of like getting out of there but eventually you know you have no food you have no water you have no no shelter you have fractured skull some of them had broken ribs um they just you know they succumbed to the hypothermia so because at first they were hit by a almost 700 pound slab of ice so they were already close to death yeah, that and, makes then, sense. and then they're pretty sure the first two just autumn they died immediately it just feels very sucky but, like it feels like a really crappy way to die like no offense to them like you don't get to choose how you die like most of the time i mean but, 
honestly the scientist like when i was watching ask mortician's video and then i clicked her link and it took me straight to the scientist video Mm -hmm. they were throwing shade at them they were saying that you know for grade two level hikers they should have known not to put their tent there but also they're 20 year old kids so they probably thought oh yeah we're fine we're we're fine but they said it was just a really bad placement and to be that like experienced you know hikers and stuff they should have known which they probably should have but they also weren't thinking that as almost 700 pound slab of ice was gonna you know come directly down on them but yeah it was it was the area they put it and the way they leveled it and then it was basically i hate to say this it was just fate that they they were destined to die because where they put it was bad and then the high winds just happened to hit so they had already lodged some of it by cutting out the snow like i said if you take snow away some's going to fall so some snow had already fell and then when the high winds hit it just made that slab of ice just like come right down on them so, it's just like, I don't know. It kind of feels like, uh, what's that movie, Final Destination? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Like, Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, no. Those movies oh, always no. stress me out because then I have, like, phobias for, like, a week after. Unfortunately, people are destined to die. And sometimes they die in really weird, mysterious ways that get solved 60 years later by a Disney movie. Yeah, yeah so. true. But... Yep, that is all that I have for you guys. I love that you guys like these mystery episodes we do. Um, I really enjoyed it. This was just really, it's really fun to do these episodes. And it's really fun when you like look at other podcasts or other people talking about the same thing and just seeing like how happy they are about Mm -hmm. it. And it kind of feels like, you know, me and Crystal aren't alone. And we are not. We aren't because there's a lot of you out there that like these things. And mysteries are one thing that, you know, in general, us people in the world like because it's weird and sometimes <laughs> unexplainable but True. this one happened to be explained so that is all that i have for you guys this week unless crystal would like to add anything else. i don't have anything all right except well, that it's my birthday month and i'm really excited it is. Ah, it i is. celebrate my birthday all month long i got my first um uh what is it called like little birthday coupon and i can't wait Ooh. to go spend it my favorite is the free drink from starbucks oh yes every time i literally just from duncan too i think see i don't like duncan but i mean i'll probably go i know i'm gonna go get an apple from the chocolate crocodile on the boardwalk because you get a free apple like chocolate covered apple i'm gonna go get i did not i did not yes go sign up for that um you get free starbies and get free stuff from chick-fil-a Chick-fil-A, I did that last year, yeah. I don't know what else. Ooh, and it's so good because Chick-fil-A is literally right across from that one Starbucks. Yep. Or you could go into the one in Target. Yeah. Also buy I think you. I think I actually get like a 15% off thing for Target too for my birthday. Ooh. That feels really familiar. Oh, you do? Yeah, because I got one too for my birthday. Yes. Yeah, you do. You get like an in-store or online yeah. Target Yeah, so I'm going to use that. Yeah. 
All righty. Well, it's her birthday month. She's wild in. She wants all the free stuff. She's on the loose. Hide your kids. Hide your wives. Give me presents. Um, give her presents. <laughs> um, she does have an Amazon wish list, y'all. I do. I'm just throwing that I out do. there. And I do. I do as well now because she talked me into It's it. the greatest thing ever. Um, I never have to like people. Like I can always give somebody something that I want. Be like, they're like, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? And I could just give them the link i want something you want not just to throw in fill in yeah exactly <laughs> um but thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode we hope you have a great west of rest oh my goodness west hope you have a great west of your week great rest of your week and you laugh at all the times that i apparently i don't know how i'm talking i'm talking like a looney tune character um like bugs bunny or something but have a great week thank you so much for hanging out with us yet again it's crazy we're already two episodes into 2022 it's it's wild and until next week you guys you know do something nice and brush your hair i guess (laughs) and brush your teeth (laughs) brush your teeth too yeah Yeah. Uh, take care of yourself (laughs) Bye. Bye.